Welcome to the Failed Podcast, where we dive into failure and exploring stories of individuals and how they triumph in unexpected ways. Each episode, we invite guests from different backgrounds to share their personal tales of failure, discussing their coping mechanisms, valuable lessons learned, and their journeys through the setbacks to success. I am your host, Sam Iscavel. Join me as we navigate the roller coaster of the human experience, inspiring and motivating you, the listener, to embrace failure as a part of your growth and transformation. And now I want to welcome our guest, Robert, from the what's what's the name of the pod, my man? The Fed Show. The Fed Show, uh, known also known as you're transitioning from. Oh yeah, it was it was a six pack podcast, but. Um... Alcohol apparently isn't very marketable. When guys get drunk and record it, no one wants to watch it. So, <laughs> so I failed at that. Yeah, that's all good. You gave it a go. I, I saw a lot of the videos. You gave it a good run. I got to give you an E for effort, man. And so the new pod, you've introduced it, and I caught wind of it. And you started talking about, and you're very open about you, you were drinking, you got in trouble, and you say, I got to make some changes. And you've been drinking water now, and you change it. You've changed the brand of what you were doing. And talk to me a little bit about that. And then we're going to just jump into some chit chat. Yeah. So basically, uh, your boy got a DWI on 316 day. Uh, Threw back some Stone Cold Steve Austin IPAs. Shout out to the greatest professional wrestler of all time, in my opinion. And (laughs) I mean, one thing happened then another. Then I woke up in jail. So... uh, had it's a to heck of a way, yeah. heck of a way to wake up. Yeah, on a concrete floor. My nose ring was gone. I had no shoelaces, and I couldn't find my phone. I was like, it was a bad night, Rob. Dude, so it it's, it it changes your life. Like people talk about DWIs, like they're nothing. Like it's a lollipop or something. Like it changes your life. And so something happened from what I am seeing. You know, from your pod and your YouTube and Instagram stuff. Something shifted. What what was that rock bottom, or what what did you say to yourself, like, dude, snap out of it, or what happened? A lot of it came from. Um, <clears throat> I mean, you never really realize how much you like your freedom until you're in a concrete cell and you're like, hey man, it'd be cool to go outside and get some fresh air right now or something. Yeah. And just laying there on the back on my back, looking at the tiles and the ceiling, and like, how is this my life right now? So, that was rock bottom for me. Um, I ain't gonna lie. I totaled a truck before that night, and I there was a lot of signs like they said, "Oh, there's signs you're having issues." Yeah, yeah. I had a, there was a lot of signs, and I just didn't uh, didn't want to acknowledge them, and just uh, my biggest vice was drinking, which was also one of my also one of my biggest passions. I love craft beer. I'm an IPA guy. Um, you, I was at a brewery every weekend here in Fort Worth, and always trying new beers. Like, oh man, I want to try that. Oh man. I had beers made for the six pack podcast. So it seems like you, you were heavily into it. You love talking about it, discussing it. it. It almost even created community around you. It gave you a schedule. Like I'm going here, I'm going there. And I'm not saying that maybe that stuff still exists, but you're not drinking. But what was the realization that came to you that said, man, I have to cut all this stuff out or all of this stuff that wasn't as important as I thought. What were some of those things that you had to face? I think the biggest one that I had to face was uh, the example I was setting for my kids. My three boys, uh, they mean everything to me. And my uh, oldest son, he has my location on his phone. Mm. So uh, he was like, oh, dad's downtown. 
mm-hmm. and it was like, dang. Like he just thought I was out. Yeah, yeah. He's oh. at T. He's at TCC downtown. Yeah. No, no. Let's zoom in a little bit. He's across the street. Yeah, basically, <laughs> that that was one. Of, that was the last pin on my phone before I had to turn it off. So oh, yeah, he yeah. saw that, and uh, then he realized in the morning. He's like, uh, yeah. He looked at it. And he told my mom. He's like, Dad's in jail. She's like, I know. <laughs> so it was a. Uh, it was definitely eye opening to know that I set that example. My younger sons. Uh, my middle son, Oliver, he, all he knows is that I got in trouble and now there's a little machine in my car mm-hmm. that I have to blow into. And my baby thinks it's the funniest thing in the world when I have to blow into it. He goes, Ooh, and like makes fun of me. Yeah. But it's like, you know what? He wouldn't be able to do that if I would have just done my part and not drank and drive. Okay. So, so, so I know of the, uh, the machine in the car, what's it called? A breathalyzer. The, the breathalyzer activation. A smart start. Smart start. And growing up, I've had friends and they, you know, they, they blow in it, they laugh, it's funny, whatever, you know, they get over it, right? Because we all have roadblocks in life, failures and challenges. Yeah. So I'm not knocking on no one, but you're doing it as a dad. You're doing it from the perspective of wanting to be an example to your kids, right? And so yeah. whenever you're doing it, what, what has come across your mind whenever they're watching you? Like, is it, now I'm throwing this out there, but tell me how you, is it, is it embarrassing? Is it a learning opportunity? Have you explained to them, like, dude, this is not good? What goes on when you're blowing into that thing and your kids are in the car? Um, my oldest son, I mean, he's, man, what is he, 14? And he, uh, it, it's, it's, it's a learning experience for him, I think. Mm-hmm. To see, look, dad was doing this, living a certain lifestyle, doing things a certain way, and this is where it got him. Mm-hmm. For my middle son, it's embarrassing for me because mm-hmm. it's like, he asked me, he's like, why do you got to blow in that thing? And I was like, because I got in trouble with the law. And he was like, oh. Mm-hmm. And it's just like his face was like, I'm not going to ask any more about this. Got it. And it's just one of those, uh, uh, it's a blessing in disguise, honestly, because if I hadn't got a DWI, I would have never stopped drinking. For sure. I'd probably have a beer in my hand right now. Yeah. And I'd be like, hey, man, can we? Can I have a beer when we do this? But uh, it. Quality of life has drastically improved. Um, just kind of rolling through, little little by little. I, I have realized that a lot of my all my friends that were there that I was drinking with, they're all there for me still. Yeah, I didn't lose great. any friends. Um, I have a bottle of water in my hand, or I have an energy drink or something when I'm out and about now. Yeah, and I don't have the beer, but uh, it feels great waking up not hungover anymore ever. Mm. Just hanging out and just like, hey man, I can start my day at like eight thirty because I don't have to sleep till two. What's the weirdest like change or transition that you've noticed? How long has it been? Month, two months? Oh, it's been like ninety days now. Ninety days. What's some of this? you're like? Whoa, the shirt fits again. Or man, my mind is like I'm on point. Or like, uh, like uh, you're building Lego sets like faster now. <laughs> you know, like th- th- like things like that. You know? No, um, the biggest one for me is the clear headedness and uh, bad decisions that I was making yeah. while while I was drinking. Um, honestly, I, I'm a big guy on addiction, so, uh, I, I stopped drinking, but then like, if I don't watch it, I'll just go full addiction into eating and I'm yeah, just yeah, like, you're going to replace it with some pulling up at taco trucks all the time. Eight, two hours ago, I could go for four more tacos. <laughs> they're, they're just little. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay guys. So we, I jumped right into the pod and I didn't, I didn't give like, here's what's going on today. So my man, Robert, I talked to him. I, uh, we've been talking over Instagram. I saw what he was doing. And 
I saw the switch and I saw when he was started talking about getting in trouble with the DWI and this show is not about like the DWI and stuff like that, but we're just talking about it. Cause it literally is what, who he is at the moment. And I was like, all right, well come through. I just wanted to meet him. Just wanted to see what his vibes were about, what, what he's up to and all that good stuff. Well, we're talking behind the scenes and I'm like, dude, you got like, you're on point. Like you understand podcasting you respect the craft and you you know your your outlook on podcasting communication and stuff like that and even just like the circles that you run around with it's like a lot of creatives and entertainers and i like that and so we were just like we're going 100 miles an hour conversating before we push record and i was like dude are you down to do a pod so if you're watching this failed podcast episode it's not a regular format like my notes are for someone else because <laughs> i i you know i misscheduled this morning it was supposed to be uh it's ernie that came on but i looked at the date wrong Roan, my bad nothing but love so he's gonna come through in about a week or two and then so i i reached out to you and i was like man this is short but i'm just gonna do it and you you reached back out to me and here you are yeah, we're one talking. Those, yeah, one of those things. Um, I feel like everybody should have, as a podcaster, because I know how cancellations go and having to reschedule, I feel like everybody should have that guy from the hip that you're just like, hey, bro, I need you right now. Yeah. You think uh, you could do that? Or maybe like five of those guys. Because For sure. scheduling is crazy. And then it may not be the interview you wanted or it may not be the plan, but you just got to have somebody that's like, yeah, dude, I'm there. Let's do it. Kind of like the way when you it's Friday night and you don't know what's going down. You're like, hey, man, where are we going? This is the move. All right, cool. Let's show up. Let's go. And so, you know, you were talking to me about your pod. So, like, your elevator pitch, okay? What's your elevator pitch for your pod? What are you trying to say? What kind of guest are you having? Is it? Is it? Because I heard you say solo a, a few times. You've done a few solo episodes. Give us the elevator pitch, and then we'll continue this chit-chat. Uh, the biggest thing with the podcast, after the rebranding, I wanted to go full mental health. I wanted to talk about mental health, men's mental health, women's mental health, suicide, um, all the, the mental health issues that we deal with on an everyday basis, mm-hmm. um, how you deal with your stress, whether it be yoga, breathing techniques. I wanted to get into all that. And I found that it's extremely hard to get people that always want to go full blown into all that. Yeah. And it. Uh, the Fed show has kind of just taken on the six pack podcast without drinking. And it's just me hanging out with my buddies, Yeah, which I mean, it's great. I love my buddies. They're always there for me. They're always there to show love They're Hey man, when can I come on? Hey man, let me, let me, let me get on there with you. Hey, let's sit down and do it. And I was, and it's great. The support's amazing. And the solo sessions are great because it lets me kind of open up and more face to face on the camera about the, sh- the stuff I edited myself a little bit, so you have to bleep me. <laughs> no, no, it's all good, man. But uh, it, it lets me go. It lets me kind of. Um, it's therapeutic, really, to yeah. be able to talk to yourself in a room and and kind of the conversations you have in your head, and then just share those with people. Those have got really good responses. And then uh, let me let me conversate about getting back into church a little bit. Yeah. Let me conversate about what it's like not drinking, what goes into a DWI and the court case and all that. So. It's a it's it's a different aspect because like talking to yourself in a room is always fun when you're just by yourself and to be able to do that hey, and keep a yeah. mind. Yeah. What you doing? Nothing. <laughs> Dude, that, that'd be uh yeah, so Dank817 the other day, he, we were talking about it when I had him on. He has a video that he shot where there's three of him in a music video. Got it. 
So he had people stand in. So he wasn't just talking to nothing. Yeah, yeah. So there's a video where he's talking about himself, and there's another version of him just quiet in the corner. Mm -hmm. And then it, it's a whole music video that comes on after it. But the concept of it is basically what we go through in our head every day when we have an ongoing God. conversation. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, the concept of it really in, intrigued me. It's like, yeah, I do that every day. And when you answer your own questions out loud and you're talking to yourself in your yeah. head, yeah, that's a... Normal. When I well, whenever I watch like behind the scenes for movies, like let's say dinosaur movies, like Jurassic Park, and and they're talking to the dinosaur, and then you see the green screen or someone's holding a piece of styrofoam, just so yeah. that they have that connection. So, yeah. so when you said that, that point of reference, yeah, I was thinking about that. It's it's so important to have a, a point, a reference. Let me ask you a question. Now, this is a typically a question, type of questions that I ask in the Felt Podcast. We won't go through the whole list, but I just want to see, I just want to see what you got. Right. Back in the day, what was some of the valuable lessons that your parents or someone of influence drilled into you? And how do you think that they played a role in shaping who you are today, both personally and professionally? Um, on my mom's side, she always, um, she always had a real strong high value of family mm -hmm. and um, I mean, family gatherings like at least twice a month, like in constant communication. And yeah. before that was when we had tel telephones where you had the 10 digits before that. I remember, still remember when I knew my mom's number. <laughs> yeah. And I remember the seven, when you had to use seven phone, no, phone digits yep. when you dialed into a phone and you could call like no since, area code. Yeah. And you were, you were talking on the phone with something, someone for like two hours and yeah. just catching up and everything. Now we have a family group text and there's like eight or nine of us on it. And we may not see everybody every week, but we at least know what you're doing. Like, yeah. even if you're just sending like your snow cone or your, a watermelon, watermelons are $10 at Albertson. It's crazy. Yeah. Like little stuff like that. So you're still communicating with people in your life. And before a group text, it was literally trying to catch up with everybody at mm. least two times a month. It's hard. And trying trying to build that relationship build those bonds especially with family and friends yeah. like those those bonds like you're only as you're only as powerful or as strong as who you have backing you and surrounding you got it that's what i learned with my <clears throat> mom um my dad man his work ethic was just phenomenal like make sure everything gets taken care of yeah. and like he would put in man overtime extra hours whatever it took to make sure the job got done How, uh, looking back at your dad working and stuff do you have memories of him taking vacation or time off or stuff like even sick days no sick days my dad never got sick the only the only days off that i remember were oh, for the dallas cowboys like sundays he usually was off so yeah. a lot of my childhood memories with my dad are us watching football during the cowboy season and then him and my grandfather had a good drinking relationship yeah so I uh, spent a lot of time in this bar called Jack London's on Oakland Boulevard in East Fort Worth. It's like an emergency care now. But I grew up in that bar. Yeah. We used to clean out the claw machine with a $20 bill. We'd get all the stuffed animals and take them home. <laughs> and I would remember eating, like, cashews out of the little nut machine in yeah. the bar. Like, my dad did take days off. We do. I did have memories about vacations and stuff. We would go to, like, Turner Falls. We went to uh, Galveston a couple of times. Yeah um new Bronzeville's like we would do like the the big summer the big summer thing like for my dad it was later in my life when he got more more settled in his job where he's you know started being more present i wish 
I, I wish he would have did it more when he, when he was younger, but he just worked like no, no days off, no sick days, like no complaining. And here's a funny story. My dad don't listen to my pod. Maybe one day he will. <laughs> so my dad worked all the time and, and, you know, he set a really good example for me. And just recently, bro, like, I mean, it was a Saturday. Okay. And uh, he didn't tell me my mom told me. And she said, my, your dad is upset because he has to work on Saturday. I was like, what? Are you kidding? I said, he said that. He goes, yeah. He goes, I can't believe I have to work because he's taking Saturdays off now. And when, and it was it was funny and cool to hear him get upset like us, younger people who are more entitled, you know. And he's like, no, no, I need my Saturday, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I was kind of happy. He's a lot older now. I wish he would have came to that sooner. Yeah. Um, but he's there now. And, uh, and and I realize that those work habits that our fathers have, they're so hard to break. Like for them, it is their identity. It is what defines them. And so speaking of like what defines like our dad, work hard, provide, do your thing. Then I look at me and you. OK. And from what I observed from you is you're a creative. OK. I'm a creative as well. I call myself a hyper creative. My dad has no clue how to connect to that Sam. He, he doesn't understand it. It doesn't make sense. He, even the jobs that fall under creativity, like my, my dad would not understand. It's not his generation. How has your dad taken on or talked to you or connected with you when it comes to you being a creative? Um, he's like, that's pretty cool. You're on the TV when he sees the <laughs> yeah. YouTube videos up and he's just like, well, maybe one day it'll turn into something. I think in my as my dad's gotten older with like Facebook and Reels and, yeah, yeah. and YouTube and Shorts, like my dad's kind of like, hey, my my son does some stuff like that. There you go. And I, it, it it's cool because like when you like fifteen years ago when you said you're oh I'm a creative, nobody knew what you meant. Mm-hmm. My dad no, like go to work, yeah, just work. Like what do you mean you create a check? Yeah, <laughs> I mean that was like oh so you like do art. That's what it would mean. Like yeah. you'd be like an artist. I'm a creative. Now it takes on. You can you can be a creative and and do art. You can do podcasting. You can be a musician, and you can still use the label as oh I'm a creative. Yeah. And it's just it's weird. Like in the last 15 years, how much so many things have changed. Like before we had social media, how did you find out about stuff? Yeah. I don't even remember. Like a, a commercial on TV. Yeah. We had commercials. Paper, we fly, paper flyers, you know? Yeah. Someone folded it and gave it to you out of their pocket. And you're like, <laughs> you know, like that was a post, bro. I was like, cool, yeah. man. It's, it's crazy. It had more value back yeah. then. Yeah. Now, if you don't have a social media following and you don't have a, a, a story about it or a post about it, no one knows about it. Well, here's my conflict with creatives, okay? And that is that a lot of people consider themselves creative, but they don't do the work. Okay, so I feel like creativity with no output is useless. And and for me, that's the hardest thing to kind of get across to people is you. I don't care if you have 100 ideas. Have you made any of them come to life? And then that really defines the creative and your creative path. Yeah. Like, okay, so I'm going to give you a failed one that I got right now. I got a failed creative idea. So out of Dallas, they had those hats that came out recently. It mm-hmm. says two one W O N, like you win something. We won two one four. Okay. So I, I'll show you the the picture. Uh, I think Dennis the Menace knows about it from the Juice Podcast, and uh, there's a couple of dudes I talked to about it. But I came up with a logo that says uh-huh. eight one seven. 
<laughs> and yeah. I want to do taco truck reviews in Fort Worth. Okay. So eight Juan seven, and the logo looks dope. I yeah, want yeah. it on hats and everything. So it's coming. It's it's coming. It's just one of those things that's kind of oh that the the logo is actually on the real. Where Got I it. announced that I'm going to take. A I'm going to put all your info in the description yeah. below. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. So, so yeah, I just thought it'd be a funny idea to to just do taco truck reviews yeah. because you know, like, there's so many brands on Instagram. Oh, try out this new place. Look at this hidden gym, and it's like, hey, bro, go eat the tacos at this place. They're eight one seven approved. Yeah, and, I like it. I like it. And just just to be able to do that, and I mean, it it brings a spotlight to the city. Yeah. But then there's a lot of taco trucks that post up in places that don't have social media. No, no. Like, and, and they might, but they just don't know how to work it. Or they don't really need to because they're already making money. Ah, uh, yes, it's, yes. It's more exposure for, hey, man, I want some really good tacos. Like yeah. Juanitos on, on Hemp Hill, uh -huh. I don't know if they have social media, but I know exactly where it's at, and I yeah, know how yeah. it tastes. Yeah, you're from Fort Worth. You better er, know. Ernesto's one and Ernesto's two. Is, there taco, is there taco wars, you think, between like Southside and Northside? Because if you talk to Northside people, you know, nothing but love for everybody. But I'm just saying, like, they will not mention Juanitos. They, no. they got their own thing, but I'm just... I'm, well, there's, like, mill tacos in Southside, too. God, yeah. There's there's some there's spots, but in North... But see, like, I stay in Southside. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I've always predominantly got tacos in Southside. Mm -hmm. But, like, Chief's Tacos at Rabbit Hole, that's one of my favorite taco spots. Because really? I would always be drinking there. Now, are you going to... Okay, just, you know, just reflecting, okay? Um, so whenever you were doing the six-pack thing, like, you would you would drink too much maybe sometimes. Oh, yeah, and all get, the time. Okay, so are you going to try to limit yourself when you go do these, these taco-tasting taco reviews? Because, like, dude, if, if you eat six of them, you're going to feel bad, and at some point we're going to be worried about you, man. Nah, man, I ate, I went to a, I was at Chief's Tacos. <laughs> okay, this is my normal Saturday when I don't have my kids. So this past Saturday I was at Music and Focus Studios hanging out with my buddy. Left there, went to Chief's Tacos at Rabbit Hole, had uh, two barilla tacos, two pastor, and then I think two, I had like six tacos. Mm -hmm. And then I went shopping a little bit, bought a little bit of stuff, ended up at Lola's, the Cuban cuisine, the food truck that used to be on on a Summit. Yeah, downtown. Downtown. And they, so they got a brick and mortar. Oh, sorry. Yeah. A, they got a brick and mortar on I Brian heard. Irvin. So I pulled in there. Got a got the Lola's burger and then got a chicken empanada and ate all that. That was in like the course of like two hours. But like now that I'm not having this might not work, bro. No, it's gonna work fine. Um, <laughs> I'll put my body on. It's the gonna line, be really so, good. It's so gonna be you really know where good. the tacos are at. No, now, but like, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, so one of the things that I have done now since I've stopped drinking is I, I have put a bigger focus on like physical health. Yeah. So. On yeah, any, we're not we're not this big. It's just the camera. <laughs> like he's, we're really really skinny. So <laughs> no, so I do. Uh, I I try to get in. Uh, a, I try to walk a five k like three or four days a week. Good, good, good. So that's I looked at the thing and say, oh, you've walked like uh, something like uh, nine nine or twelve miles this week. It's like oh cool, good, and good. The, and that's on top of the work walking and the normal stuff. Like yeah. I I delegate like okay, I got to get this walk in. That's good, man. That almost connects to mental health, you know, like a good walk, a good, you know, connection with nature. It helps. Um, but here we go, man. I got a, I got a problem, okay? Okay, what's Let's the problem? See. Okay, my problem is this, man. And, and hey, nothing but love for everyone, business owners out there. You got to make your money. I know rent is high. AC is high. I get it, but it's not about that. The $5 taco and the $2 taco. I have I have a problem with the $5. Now, trust I mean, I... 
I mean, I oh, I've ate expensive tacos. Don't get me wrong, right? And and I and I'll continue to do so. But what is man? That that's a huge gap. And and I will eat two tacos if they're five dollars at the five dollars and be like, "Ooh, these are good." But then I'll go eat six tacos when they're two dollars, one seventy five, or whatever. I don't know, man. What's up with that mess, man? Uh, inflation. I, I just honestly, I feel like I remember when. I mean, how do you feel paying for a five and paying for a two dollar talk? Like, does it make you feel a certain way? You get upset? Do you enjoy it less? No, I don't. Not at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna eat. Well, okay. So, in my drinking days, I would drop eighty five. 90 bucks at a bar. Yeah. And that didn't include the tacos. God. Because I, I was yeah. a craft beer so drinker. So the tacos seemed real cheap yeah, compared like, to that. Then I got six tacos for under $20. <laughs> that was a win. Like, we're doing good, guys. I would have spent more than that at Whataburger. <laughs> now, you were you were talking to me a little bit about your perspective, your insight on podcasting. Tell me a little bit about how you got in. Uh, into podcasting, how how you see it? What's your perspective from where you sit? Uh, I was always a big Joe Rogan guy, mm -hmm. Theo Vaughn, Chris D'Elia, Burt Kreischer. All these guys have their own podcasts. Comedians, I love stand-up comedy, always have. And it kind of just got me to the point where I wonder if people would listen to me if I recorded myself. Mm -hmm. And uh, or I had joked about having a podcast for probably about seven years. It was a, a, a running joke where we talked about doing it in ski masks so that we could say whatever we want and we couldn't get canceled because you could just start another podcast. But never did that. And then uh, got to a point in life where I told my cousin, I was like, bro, you want to drink six beers and record it? And he was like, yeah, I'm down. Yeah. So we like weekly, we tried to do it every week. And then, I mean, stuff happened. He got married, uh, scheduling, all kinds of crazy stuff. So then I started having guests on but I feel like if you're doing this podcast thing, it's not just for fun. I feel like any business, it's a business endeavor. It's branding endeavor. And you got to, you got to ask yourself, what do I want to do in five years with this? Yeah. Like him, why am I putting on the effort? I mean, there's a lot of effort that goes into podcasting, mm -hmm. not just the scheduling, not just sitting down and talking with somebody, either trying to get someone out of their comfort zone or you getting out of your comfort zone, talking about stuff you didn't ever thought you would talk about. Mm hmm and so then you run it back and you're like, okay, so five years from now, what do I want this to be? And it was just a cool endeavor me and my friends did. Like, dude, if, with this, the amount of effort that goes into this, I'm trying to get paid. Like a local sponsor, somebody yeah. send me something, some t-shirts. Like I want to, I, I, the, the celebrity's cool. Like when people know you because, yeah. oh, you're that one guy from whatever. That's cool. That's great. But with anything in life, I want to get paid. Yeah. So there's a misunderstanding. There's a misconception about podcasting that that I feel. And so I want to run it by you and just give me your thoughts. And that is that individuals believe that because they can talk over a dinner table, over a beer, you know, at a cafe, they're like, man, I'm, I can communicate. So I want to start a podcast. Is there a mis misunderstanding about the communication that happens when the mics are on in comparison to the communication that happens over over a, a taco? Yes, there's a giant miscommunication. Um, like if you and me went to grab coffee, we could have a conversation about life. We could talk about our kids, what yeah. are our plans coming up. But if we have a topic that we're ready to talk about and then both of us haven't done our research or both of us haven't thought back on it, 
and we really don't know what we're going to talk. Dude, I've recorded some terrible podcasts that never got put up because I wasn't well educated on the topic. Mm -hmm. And I thought, man, I could talk about that. And then I'm like, bro, this is a terrible podcast. It's boring. (laughs) I had to cut and edit so much out. Uh, Like, okay, so there's there's one session of the Fed show, and um, me and my cousin recorded it, and we wanted to talk about some touchy topics. And when we recorded and listened back to it, I was like, bro, we can't put this out. Because we, we didn't give the topic enough respect. Got it. And it wasn't that we were making jokes about it, but it was that. You got to have the tone. The tone's got to match. The tone was off. Because a lot of people are going to get mad. Yeah. The, cl- the tone was off. And one of the things is on a podcast, you can't ask questions that you don't have an answer to. Or at least can come to some kind of realization of where you stand. Mm. Because, all right, I'm just going to put it out there. I'll tell you what we're talking about. We were talking about gun control. Okay. And the tone just changed exactly. on the Felt Podcast. Go ahead. So on, on gun control, we're in Texas. We're in the South. Mm-hmm. And everyone has guns here. Your grandma has a gun. Your grandpa, my grandpa walks around with his gun every day. I'm like, Grandpa, what do you think is going to happen? He goes, someone might rob you know, me. I don't know, but someone's about to get shot. He's like, someone might rob me. with me. I had, a, I had a buddy, his dad, a guy, tried, they tried to rob him outside of a bingo after he won. And he pulled his gun out. And the guy's like, never mind. Mm-hmm. But it's it's one of those topics, like, I don't know the answer. No. Like, do I think everyone needs an AR-15? No. I do not think that. Yeah. Do I think everybody needs a sniper rifle? No. Do I think that we should be able to defend ourselves? Yes. But there's not a clear answer anywhere in mm-hmm. there. And there's no one, like, the government. So where did you feel like it, it veered off or you were like, dude, we can't put this on? It was that, and then with the when we recorded that, it was a Sunday morning, and there was a mass shooting yeah. Saturday night. Got it. And it was like I don't, I, I can't put this out tone wise, because yeah. we didn't know a shooting had just happened the night before, and it was like, if we put this out, it's just gonna sound like we're a couple of rednecks that wants everybody to have guns, and if you don't like it, we don't care. Yeah. Because I do care. Like I have kids in school, but I don't know what the answer is, and I don't think anyone really does. And, and we, okay, so for me, finding the answer for stuff is not important. For me, it's the com- the communication, it's the perspective that people have. And for me, there's so many world problems that I feel could be resolved if we just knew both sides of it. Not yeah. saying let's come up with a clear solution or answer. No, let's understand both perspectives. And I believe naturally, as humans, that we will consider both sides because we had a conversation with someone that we respect and so and yeah so gun control that's that's almost a perfect topic to say like people are one-sided they don't want to hear the other side and then so there you go the conflict the fighting all that whatever negativity that comes from it will continue until we just start hearing both sides and so let's go ahead and move out of that and just so communicating okay yeah um you definitely you got some communication skills um, different tone from before you rebranding to what I'm seeing now. Yeah. What commitments are you making to yourself? Like, what are you saying, you know, whenever you're, you know, talking to yourself in the room, in the mirror about how you want to communicate the message you have to the world now? Uh, before I felt like I was, um, I was always drunk for one. Mm-hmm. So now sober minded, it's, a uh, it's, um, the topic that I want to talk about, whatever the issue is I'm bringing up, like whether it be me going back to church or me dealing with DWI 
or being a father, those, those normal things, it, it's to be open and yeah. not to be, not to pretend like I'm not going through stuff. Like to actually tell you like, this is, this is what I'm going through. Yeah. This sucks. Or, you know, I had a really good time going to church. I I'm not full blown in where I'm serving and doing all this extra stuff. I'm just going for me and my relationship with God. And people are like, well, then you're not a hundred percent. I was like, I really don't care what you think. Okay. Well, I'm let, me, for me. Let, let me stop you right there. Your church, uh, you're going back to church. You've been open about, you served before you're kind of stepping into it now. What's your perspective on church and what are you struggling with? What do you want to accomplish by going to church? If um, those are appropriate questions. No, yeah, you're good. Um, so I was, I was raised, uh, I went to a private school till I was in eighth grade. Mm -hmm. So like, just like there's math and science and arithmetic or arithmetic is math, whatever. We had a Bible segment, like a Bible class where we learned Bible verses. And then it being in church Sunday school, um, when I got married, we got married in the church. Mm -hmm. We were there. So there's always been a, um, a religious background, like non-denominational, wasn't Catholic, wasn't Baptist. It was just, it. we love Jesus and we're here. Yeah. And um, I've, when I look back on life, I was always at a better place mentally when I was in church. I'm not going to church to try to tell people, this is what you need in your life. I'm going because it helps me stay centered. Yeah. It helps me uh, stay focused. Like as, as I've been going, everything that they've talked about um, is stuff that I've gone through in my life. So it's kind of hit a point with me. It's like, oh, yeah, I needed to hear that. Oh, yeah, yeah that hit me right between the eyes. Yeah. Oh, that's good to know. Oh, you know, I do think I like that sometimes. I do. And everything that I've rolled through with, it's just for me. Yeah. And kind of to set example for my kids, like people are like, oh, well, the church is against this and the church is against that. It's like I'm not here for everyone's opinion. Mm -hmm. I'm not here for your views on church. Yeah. And I'm going to raise my kids the way I see fit. And if anyone's going to be mad, then you can be mad at me when, mm -hmm. however they grow up. But at the end of the day, my relationship with God, with the concept of God, I'm not here telling you that there's only the, there's only the one way. This is the way that you get to heaven. What yeah. I'm here telling you is my life is better when I'm involved in a church. Yeah. When I'm attending a church regularly. Now, tell me this. Tell me if you can. Okay. So the certainty of, of going to church of following Christ, this is a big statement, guys, but I'm going to say it. the certainty of it is almost the demise of it because it makes people super prideful and they're like, this is the right way. This is the wrong way. That's not true. This is true. And I feel that, uh, you know, Christ walk is literally a, a walk that's filled with questions that never stop a relationship that never stops, whether it go a little south, a little north, good, bad. It's a constant. Right. It's a constant battle re relationship-wise, and it all it's always full of questions. When the questions and certainty start, bad things happen. That's when the hate, the judgment yeah. the, happen. Does that trigger a thought? Um. Yeah. Uh, okay. So it's, it doesn't trigger a thought that any religious person mm -hmm. is going to like, but that's what, that's what it is to me Yeah. because my, I'm tired of being a people pleaser. Mm. I was a people pleaser for a long time in churches, trying to get everyone at the church to like me. Hey, you're just as messed up as me in some aspect in your life. Yeah, There's yeah. a reason you're here. Yeah. So let's just focus on God 
and not focus on each other. Yeah. Because uh, everybody has something they're going through. For sure. Whether it be mental health stuff, whether it be an addiction, whether it be whatever. There's something. You're holding from your past. You want to do something in the future that you don't want to commit to. Yeah. Everybody's got something. And, you know, we can talk about those things if you want to be open about it. But at the end of the day, if you want to start judging people and pointing the finger and pointing little things out in everyone's life, it's like, bro, stop. You lost it. Yeah. Like, we're here to build each other up as now, people. Now, I'm I'm a Christian, like, full-blown, 100% for a, a long time. Like, and I'm in uh, all the way, like, and, but, but I'm not, like, people really don't know it on the pod. But the reason why is because I believe in connecting with people. Right. I do not let that, like, I let my personality, my character be. Yeah. That's what people see. That's why people say, I want to be Sam's friend. I want a relationship with Sam because I'm a good person. You know what I mean? But it took years for me to figure that out, man. Like, to not feel superior or better than. Like, and it feels like in the beginning stages of people's walk, that's how they feel. And I feel like slapping them and saying, bro, you can you just not be a dork? Like, can you just be cool? Like, ain't nothing wrong with that. You know, but it took me a long time to, to learn that. And. And here I am doing this pod, communicating with a lot of people, and, and I and I don't feel like, you know, people would judge me and say, look at Sam, look what he's saying, look who he's talking to. And I'm like, peace, man, ain't nothing but love. But I'm meeting people, learning about people, communicating with people, because I don't have all these walls up. Like, it's, yeah. it's possible, and, and this this connects to anything, not just like gun rights, like, or, or church or any other belief you have. Don't let it be so crazy that you can't connect with people outside of what you believe, because that's the beautiful thing about being, I call the, I call the earth, the spaceship, um, being on this spaceship is that we're all on it together Yeah. and communication, getting to know people's stories. That's what drives me. And it's not, I don't have an agenda. I'm not trying to convert anyone because if I was, guess what, man, this would not be possible. Right. And so, but you know, that's just a thought. That's just how I I feel about it. All right. So now that we've, we've, we've talked it, we've talked into religion now. So how long, how long have you been in, uh, in church? Um, since day one, like since day one. Yeah. No, heck no, (laughs) dude. I mean, I veered off when I was young in my twenties. Well, let's just put it. How old are you? I'm 30. I'll be 34. Okay. So I'm a little older. I think I'm 41. I forget. I stopped counting. Okay. So in my twenties, um, I became a youth leader and I never stopped since. So I've been leading youth, uh, associate pastor, leading men, um, all the way to, to now. Now we ha- I had a little conflict in there one year or so, yeah. but it wasn't me, but it someone just kind of did me and my family wrong. And so, you know, we, we took a little break, um, but we never veered off. I haven't veered off now, I'm not, but I'm not saying that with any kind of judgment or anything, but yeah. Okay. Follow-up question. Follow-up question to that? Oh, what, what were you getting to? Oh, so, so you've been, you've been in church yeah. and okay. So have you been in a church when it fell apart? Have I been a part of a church as it falls apart? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the What was the issue? Oh, man, it's always. Uh, well, it's fun. <laughs> well, it's, it's, you said it's always. I just want to know what your it's always is. It's, boy, it's always something. It's always an idiot like making a bad choice, acting like they're better, and they get caught with someone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Pastor getting caught with with a girl, cheating, like you know, stealing money. Like it's it's really not the 
churches that fall apart because someone messes up, they're not that creative. It's really the same things over and over yeah. and over. Because, like, I've, I've never seen a, a church fall apart because people didn't love Jesus. Never. I've always seen churches fall apart because of a man. Because I love some me. Or yeah, it's it's one it's one person. It's money like, or girls. Yeah, a, self, a selfish decision. I love y'all, man. I mean, if you're watching this, and you know, I have a bunch of pastor friends, stay on the right path, man. I'm just saying because you're a target. Like you gotta live right. Oh if yeah. Not like you, you know it. it, it what can I say? That temptation does not know the difference between a CEO or a pastor, man. Yeah. It's and, and that's the thing. Most things in life that fail, most most businesses, corporations, friendships, it always comes down to one person's decision at some point. Yeah. And it's it's crazy to me because it, it may not be your decision. Mm -hmm. It may be someone close to you. Yeah. But the repercussions are across the board and it affects everyone. And you don't think like I know in churches it was always either someone's pride, it was uh, someone's lack of commitment mm -hmm. on on the higher up. But then, like while when I would leave churches, I would hear all these other things. I'm like, why didn't any of y'all talk about this when we were there? Dude, don't even. Okay, guys, this is my <laughs> like this is the most you're ever gonna know about. But okay, so I uh, um I have an extensive knowledge about church and leadership and the stuff that falls apart, the gossip, you know, all the back talk with, with between pastors, pastors' wives, and leaders, and cheating, and th all the ugly. I have seen it, talked about it, been in the conversations, in the meetings, and so I literally like boy, if I wanted to turn away from the church but i don't think no one would tell me nothing because they'd be exactly. like sam knows man like yeah yeah because i do and so but i've i just had to come to the point where i'm like i'm doing me i, I understand what the walk is about and i'm trying to help some people like yeah. i can literally help someone without saying jesus or accept jesus in your heart i can literally help them just being me. Yeah. Let's just, talk it out. Character. Let's go have some coffee. Yeah. How, you, you need 20 bucks. You need 50 bucks for this, for that. Let me help you. And I'm literally moving in what I know without that desperate feeling of like, I'm, I'm, I'm a good Christian. I'm a salesperson. I'm a salesperson. It's not that, but yeah. Anyway, so I'm just, <laughs> I'm just ranting, bro. But I mean, but it has damaged me. It has made me upset. Uh, the church it, but it has fulfilled me. It has give, given me clarity. It has given me, you know, Christians say wisdom, but that's the same as just knowledge. It, and it has allowed me to understand, you know, the human person and, and help a lot of people. So it's been a positive influence in my life. But that positive influence has come with headaches and hate and so much that like that I, I do struggle with it. Yeah. Um, but, but I do have friends that I, that, that trust me, they understand how I am and I'm, and I'm able to have like real conversations with pastors and they're like, yeah. it's, Sam's doing this for learning. He's not necessarily doing it cause he's going to fall off. And even though I've come close to falling off sometimes just cause it's easier to, you know, sleep in on a Sunday, but yeah. you know, like for instance, like I, I didn't take a day off of church for 15 years I was always there and then this past year when we went through some issues uh, me and my wife said you know what we're going to take some time off and we took the longest it was months where we were just off and it felt so crazy dude but you know yeah. I enjoyed it like I was like good I don't have to do nothing talk to no one say hi to 100 people nothing like <laughs> and, and it felt good yeah but and then at the same time I was I had to get back into it and that we're in a lot healthier place um, but it's all because I ask questions 
yeah. to the, to people and they understand that I'm trying to learn. It's like, just be real, man. Don't hit me with the basics. Don't hit, you know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> because I understand that, uh, <laughs> like, I'm not in kindergarten when it comes to the Christian yeah. walk. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And so don't talk to me like I'm a kid. Yeah. And that's, okay, so do you have... Let's segue, segue out of. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> no, just one more, one more thing. Okay, so I look forward to going to church on Sundays now. For a long time, I dreaded it when I was when I was in the church. I dreaded it pre-COVID. Before we, when we, yeah, it was yeah. just like, oh man, I don't really want to go. I don't want to do this. I just feel I like, okay, so I was, um, I was like uh, third in line on the usher, on the usher little mm -hmm. pyramid. We take up the tithe. We count the tithe at the service. Yeah. We help park cars. We wait in the vestibule to shake everyone's hands. I did all that. Got it. And then before that, like I used to do children's ministry. I used yeah. to do youth group, men's ministries on Saturday mornings. We go to a park, coffee, quick word, go for a run, mm -hmm. play basketball, and just try to get those outlets to those guys who didn't want to go to church on Sunday, yeah. but they were down to go play basketball. Yeah. So. Like I did all those, and I, I enjoyed all that part. But I, and when it was the the part of being there Sunday morning, I was like, oh, it got to be a dread. And I, and I think a lot of it had to do with me overextending myself, trying to do everything and serve. Yeah. And now that I'm just going back into the church, wow. it it's like I get to go, not I have to. Go. <clears throat> I got it. So okay, there's okay. So I know this okay, and that is that when you first when people first serve in anything, it's out of excitement. Right. Okay. And so excitement goes away. And so I think that's a healthy way to have people help or serve, whether it be a church or a nonprofit, it changes when the individual serves to their talent yeah. and to what they're called to do. Yeah. Okay. I discovered that many, many years ago that I serve in what I'm strongest in and it's not the spotlight. It doesn't guarantee me the most ears and audience, but I know what I'm good at, you know? And yeah. so whenever I serve, I make sure that it fits within that parameter. And if it doesn't, I'm going to wear myself out. I'm going to try to figure out a way to quit and get fired from whatever I'm doing because I'm just not happy because it's yeah. not fulfilling. And so for me, that was something that I came to terms with that has helped me serve and, and not be tired or it get on my nerves so right. I can serve for a long time. Yeah, because like churches will say, uh, you have to have a servant's heart. Mm -hmm. You can only have a servant's heart in something that you want to serve in. Yeah, you can't have a servant's heart to uh, to watch babies. Yeah, when you don't want kids yourself, it's like uh, yeah, that, <laughs> I, I, dude. You know what? It's so funny, man. Like in in okay, so the percentage of people who attend and people who serve it's way off balance. Okay, it's like fifteen so, or twenty percent. Yeah, something it's like that, probably yeah. less. It's probably like ten percent out of everyone that serves, and then so there's resentment that that gets built within those ten percent. And let alone a resentment, there's entitlement. Yeah. And so for me, I feel like there's so many ways to encourage people to serve and not, not enough people serve. And that's all the way from church, nonprofits, community, something outside yourself. And so I just wanted to put that PSA out there, you know, figure out a way to serve, figure out a way to do something for other people. Don't be just, just about me, me, me. It's a lot of people's favorite song. Me, me, me. Mm -hmm. me, 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 <laughs> So that was our church segment. I hope that you liked it. And to all my friends and family, nothing but love. But they know I'm always ready for a good question or conversation. It's all for growth. And that, that and again, 
whenever you think of the word learning, mm-hmm. how does that move you in your world when it comes to friends, podcasting, and all the other endeavors that you're trying to get into? Um, I think uh, the biggest thing on learning that, I mean, over the last uh, probably like two years, learning is uh, learning how to interact with people without anything on the back end. Like, mm. um, making friends just to be friends, not for what you can do for me. Got it. Cause I remember early on in my life, I was like, well, I want to be that guy's friend because he has a cool car or I want to yeah, be that guy's friend because he has this, or <laughs> this kid has this. When I was younger, it was always cool to have friends that had other things. Yeah. Yeah. And then as an adult, I started to realize I don't really have any friend friends that I can just like call and be like, Hey man, what's going on? Let's go, let's go do something. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think that was one of my downfalls in my marriage is because I, I put too much on her because she was my best friend, quote, air quotes. Yeah. And I didn't have those relationships with other guys to be there and support me and uh-huh. just kind of like, so I put everything on her. And it, I mean, it went south for multiple reasons. Okay. But that, on my end, that's one of the things that I realized. It was like, I need to learn how to be there for people. Mm. I need to learn that there's more than just her or just one other one 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 significant other. Yeah, not like she. You can't put everything on one person. No. It, uh, so Casey Neistat released a video recently because him and his wife almost got divorced in the past year or two. They went through a struggle, and so they said how we kept from getting divorced or something. <clears throat> and they had a diagram that he drew, and it was two circles. Okay, and and it was him and his wife, and then they circled and it crossed, and it was just a sliver in the middle. Mm-hmm. And he said, "And that's us." And he he they talked about the importance of like you focus on you, build you. I'm gonna build me. I'm gonna do me. But it's all like here's where we exist. But it's important to have like as an individual. Like I have yeah. friends. I have communication. To, to be someone. Yeah, not yeah. To and be- so. And, and I agree with you, man. When they're like, just, I depend on you, you depend on me. Like, your world gets real small, man. And it's important to not do that. I, I had I had a conversation with a buddy because I, uh, I was in a different relationship after the marriage and stuff. And it was, uh, I, was, I, was, I was carrying tendencies from the marriage into other relationships. Mm. And he was like, bro, why are you acting like that? Why are you jealous? Why are you concerned? Mm. And... It was because I was I was holding on to the way that we did things in our marriage. Everything was together. The weekends together. We didn't have friends outside of each other. We always mm-hmm. did the same, 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 same. But that gets boring over time, and it gets yeah. where you're stuck in this lifestyle. You like you got to have a night with the boys. You, yeah. Y'all go bowling. Y'all go shoot pool. Y'all go see a movie. Yeah. You got or you go to Trader's Village and walk around in the heat for no reason. Go shoot guns. Go do something. Yeah. yeah. You got to have time with the boys. You got to have time with your family, and then you turn around alone. And, alone. Yeah. 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 Because it, boy, you you with your family with your spouse. You ain't with your family. Things yeah. change a little bit. And yeah. So, so I, you got you got to have those yeah. days. Uh, you go hang out at the barbershop, get a haircut, be up there talking for a little bit, hanging out with the guys. Oh yeah, we're going to get tacos. Me and so so just linked up. Cool. And and there has to that has to be okay on both sides. Yeah. She has to have her nail day with her her and her girls go get their nails done and have yeah. mimosas or whatever or they have she has a lunch date, they have a girls night, whatever. It's got to be both ways cuz when mm. you get locked down in that that dependency. Yeah, that dependency of I can't do it if she doesn't like to do it then you ain't going to find out what you like to do. Mm-hmm. Cause I got married when I was young. I was yeah. 19. 
18. I didn't eat fish for a few years, and finally I just said, babe. <laughs> Are you for, hold on, this is, you for, you didn't eat fish? No, because she didn't like seafood, the smell oh, and bro. stuff, so I couldn't pick, like, dude, I like me some Alaskan salmon, you know what I mean? And so I was like, for years, I was like, it's fine. No, but at some point, you know, I was like, I'm eating fish it's, again. It's time. She came around, but I was like, no, 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 I mean, I'm just going to go eat fish on my own, man. But I get it. Yeah, there's there's some of those things like like that's like someone uh I had Eric Evans on my podcast when we were the six pack pie. He's like, bro, I'm thinking about like I think I want to be in a serious relationship and get married and stuff. It's like, hey, number one thing, that person needs to know the real you, not the one you portray when you're with mm. them, not the one that you are on social media, not the one that when the cameras are on you or you're recording a song, not the dude that wakes up at three o'clock in the morning that walks to the fridge. What does that guy grab to eat in the middle of the night? What, is he going to kill a beer before he goes and lays back down? Is he going to drink a giant two liter of soda? Like, you need to know the real person. And that, that's one of my biggest things with church is because there's the, the common belief from the church background was you get married, y'all court each other, mm -hmm. uh, then no sex before marriage, and then you end up getting married and then the thing is you meet an entirely different person once you're married when you live with somebody yeah like, it could go <clears throat> it could go your way or it could go south real quick here's a psa man y'all gonna enjoy this one this is for entertainment purposes but they get married they court each other no test driving you know all that good mess and you're in the church and then you marry the dude you married the girl but i don't know the girl's perspective but these guys man like a lot of them are fake, dude, in the church. Like, they're jerks outside of the church. Yeah. And it's just like, you feel bad for some of these girls who are taught to just trust that he's a Christian. And because he's a Christian, he's going to be respectful. He's going to work hard. He's going to talk to you right. He's going to be the same person here and outside. Like, all that mess. And I'm just like, dude. So, you know, because I have a daughter. So, she's going to get a, a, the, re the real yeah. of how, you know, like, let her bring the dude home in the future. Yeah. I'm I'm grilling them. Like, I'm yeah. going to be like, dude, let, let me see your, your job. Let me see your 401. Like, whatever. Like, I know the, the things to ask. But, yeah. But that's a whole nother rant about church. <laughs> but I think they've mis but, but mismanaged just, that. But not just church. Like, in general, in general like, humans, like, yeah. I, I feel like you should know somebody pretty well before you decide you yeah. want to spend the rest of your life with them. Besides you wanna, before yeah. you decide you want to bring a child into this yeah. world with them. Yeah. Before you want to buy a house together Dude. with them. Like, all those things. Before you want to sign a lease. Let's put it that way. Like, can I live with this person mm. for a year? And it, are we still going to be? Friends I think a year would make a huge difference. I think you. I, I think it'd be like I'm out, bro. Like that's how you live. I'm done. And and the thing is, I'm not saying it just as, uh, just on the sex aspect. I'm not even talking about that. Like, let's talk about like. So how long does it take you to get ready? Like when we need to go do mm -hmm. something. Are we going to be late to everything? <laughs> exactly. Well, you laugh hard. You, you understand that's, my pain. That's, that's one of those things. It's like, dude, when like this morning, yeah. I woke up. I had to go grab some stuff from the store when you messaged me. Like, are you out and about? I'm like, no, I was already back at the house, and I was uh, I was listening to music. Yesterday was fresh, fresh yeah. Friday release of music and stuff. So I'm going, and then you messaged me, and I was like, I mean, I'm not like out and about, but I really ain't doing nothing. So it's literally, I already had clothes on. It's like, I'm going to put some shoes on. I'll grab a hat and I'll go. Okay. So <laughs> I'm never, I'm never late, bro. Like I work and, and it's my, my reputation precedes me. It's important. So I'm late. I mean, I'm early 
I'm never late, and this is for a lifetime, okay? Well, I got married, and, um, and I love you, babe. I love you so much. Anyway, I've learned how to be late. Yeah. I know how I'm, people think I'm late now. And I'm not late, I'm just married. <laughs> this is it. Like, think, okay. And so, but there's, but it's, at some point I had to talk, tell my wife, I said, look, man, there's something, like, if this is your thing, we can be late as you want. I don't even care. Yeah. But if it's my thing, we cannot be late. And if there's a chance we are, you gotta let me go separate. That's it. End of story. But I, I have to say that I've learned how to be late. Like, uh, I, don't, I don't even care no more. But if, it, if it's not representing me, um, but there you go. That's an adjustment that I've had to make. <laughs> I had a buddy. He did. He would drive everywhere separate. Yeah. He's like, I have to be there on time. So he would show up. And then I was like, where's your wife? Oh, she'll she'll be here when she's ready. Two hours later. I'm like, bro, where was she at? He was like, she was getting ready. I go, what time did she start getting ready when you left an hour? Yeah. And yeah. I have a joke, and then um, my wife's like, "So, you, um, what do you think we're gonna be on time? What what time do I have?" I said, "Girl, we're already late, and it's like the day before." I'm like, <laughs> "We're already late, so just forget it. Just forget it, man. I'll see you there." But, <laughs> anyways, we we'll, let's let's segue out of that because I'm gonna be in trouble. <laughs> okay. Oh, does your wife listen to your podcast? Is she better? <laughs> she better. Li- Dude, there's people that I hear and they're like, no, I don't listen to my own. And I don't listen. Wife, I don't listen to my husband's. But I'm like, well, how could you not support? It's like that. What's that Instagram bro that says, uh, it says, hey, man, how, how come you haven't blown up yet? <laughs> hey, man, how come you haven't made it? Because you're not sharing my stuff, yeah, bro. Yeah, bro, it's all. Like, t- you you want to tell people about your podcast and you want me to listen to you, but you don't want to listen to mine. And, like, I feel like the community is changing here mm. more recently. And I, I want to shout out Johnny on the Rap Podcast yeah. for that. Because Johnny started a lot of these shout-out things. Where I told you, Johnny. He's, I didn't tell him that, and he second that. Yeah, he started a lot of these shout-out things. I told him the other uh, day. I, I told him, dude, you know you triggered that. He, he did. He, he, and that's one of the reasons that they've made a, a big splash in the community like yeah. they have. The, the RAP Podcast. Look them up with Jay and Johnny. They talk hip hop, everything, and they got a brand that also they're under the Workaholic podcast. Yeah, and they're doing great things. And I remember reaching out to them and saying that I said, "Dude, you you literally started that because I saw people literally do it after you." And then one day I'm like, I'm all about originality, but I'm yeah. also about giving flowers. So I okay, I'm gonna have to get some shout outs, and and I know it's because of them. So yeah. I just wanted to make sure that. Uh, you know, you motivated that in me. I, I consider myself a person that supports others yeah. and in their movements and stuff like that. But you know, they definitely did it. Uh, a lot, a lot of it is like the like supporting is is different things. Reposting a clip, a reel, or whatever, that's fine. Liking a post, those are those are great. Yeah. But like when you're actually talking about it on the podcast, like yeah, you're sitting yeah. there and there's a, there's a clip that they can go find themselves. Oh man, they shouted us out. Yeah. That goes a long way. And then like me and Johnny had. We had conversations. He's the only reason that I put my podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. He helped you. That's he told me he was he's like, good people, man. He goes, there's an easy way to do it. You go to this app and you you yeah. sign up here, and then it basically uploads everything. And I was like, what? Yeah. Like, why did no one tell me this before? Yeah. And then uh, and uh, Dennis the Menace from the Juice Podcast, he was the one. Oh yeah, man, this is how I do it. This is the computer setup I use. This is the camera that I use. Like. The podcast community, like, there's other people that know how to do this stuff yeah. better than we do. For sure. And 
like reaching out to people and just having conversations. Yeah, maybe you're not going to hit it off with everybody, but yeah. So I w- that so spe- that's a perfect segue into. I had seen you, and then I saw you on someone. Is that my phone? Oh yeah. And I was like, I'm gonna reach out to him. I don't know, man. There's some vibes there, and I'm not. You're not. Uh, you, I'm saying this because you'll you'll get it in a minute. You reminded me of my brother. If you see my brother, you'd be like, bro, for real, for real. <laughs> like you'd get so mad at me, but you reminded me of my younger brother. And then I was hearing you talk, and then uh, you know what you recently been through, and it caught my attention. So I just reached out to you, and and I just wanted to talk. That I just like I just wanted to get your mindset. You know who you are, and here we are today, man. But it was just a feeling that I had and so far you know so good you know what I'm saying that's what uh so I did the cancel shows podcast back in I don't know December and uh their story about me was hey man we met at the Kai Woods album release I was like yeah and uh they both looked at each other like hey do you know this guy and they were like no I thought you knew him and I was just talking to him like I had (laughs) known them yeah I was like hey what's up guys and we were talking and then they were like man he was good people we should have him on and I was like cool so I did their podcast based off of them just being like, yeah, he was. Yeah, he's with he you. Was, no, I thought he was with you. Exactly. And I was like, dang. So shout out to Lupe and Manny at the, the cancel show. Dude, they 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 got something. Like their their chemistry is it's interesting and it, it almost seems effortless. But they're, they're brother-in-law. Yeah, yeah, dude. I mean, trust me. This when so they, they talk about yeah. brother-in-law and your sister, and the, I'm like, dude, y'all. I said, <laughs> y'all gonna be fighting whenever y'all have a cookout. They be saying some funny stuff, and so I've been listening to a lot of their stuff lately, and there's just like this easy communication style going yeah. on with them, and 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 I like. I mean, they they've they, been making the rounds because they, they had did, me uh, laughing. They did osos. Yeah. Uh, I think that came out yesterday, and then earlier this week they did. Uh, uh, thanks for the invitation. Oh yeah, thanks T-T-I. for the invite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw them on both of them. Okay, so we we we've, we've talked about podcasting, we've talked about church, we talked about a lot of like touchy subjects today. Mm-hmm. And um, so, do what are your passions outside of church, outside of podcasting? What what do you, what is your what is the things you look forward to? Like live music. I'm a big professional wrestling guy. Yeah. Do you play with Legos? Do you like Star Wars? Like, what? What's your? What makes you tick, man? What's your thing? That's a tough question. No. Okay. So it. <laughs> okay. So I, I. I love communicating, and, and I love helping people share their story. It, it almost doesn't seem like a proper answer, but I enjoy talking to people and coaching them on mm-hmm. how to share their story. I yeah. love learning new things. So I'm always reading a book, always learning something. So I, I'm really good at me time. Like I can sit, I can go to a coffee shop. I've had coffee everywhere. I'll sit. I know how to do alone time. Um, but I'm always learning. Like that's yeah. the thing. Like I'm learning in, in a way of how can it reflect in my life and how can I share it with others. And so I enjoy finding very hard topics and then figuring out a way to make it palatable. Yeah. And I do it with my wife, with my friends. I do it on the pod. But communication is my thing. I'm always developing it. And, and what comes along with that is hearing great communicators, learning how to communicate big ideas, simplifying it so that people can learn from it. And so a lot of the things I do have to do 
with communication. Hence, the podcast is just an avenue on something that, that I do on my own for myself because I enjoy just learning. I, I don't know. But, I mean, I shoot guns and I'll have Star Wars figures. I enjoy watching movies, you know. And um, Do you skate? Do it. No, I have a skateboard. I know. Like, do you skate? I, I've longboarded for a long time. Um, and, but I had a scooter and yeah, don't ask, I can't, but anyways, I got hurt on it. Uh -huh. So I've taken a break, but I, um, but I bought that short board and I want to go ride it at that Dickies skate park, but just on the, on the thing that goes in circles. Oh, the circle thing? Yeah. But that, that's kind of, I'm, I don't know. I, I enjoy, I enjoy people. Yeah. I enjoy studying people and connecting with people that that's what I do. Yeah, is that a is that a good, I don't even I don't, dude, you caught boom, man. Don't. <laughs> no, it's but it's one of those things like so my like my uncle is completely different from your answer, but you like to you want to communicate with people. Yeah. My uncle, he likes to watch people. Like when we were younger, yeah. he would go to Trader's Village, he wouldn't even walk around. He would yeah. just take his ice chest and sit there and watch people. Yeah, yeah. And it, I mean, I, and I don't know if he was trying to learn or if he just wanted to people watch and make fun of people as they walked by. Yeah. But People are are something that's genuinely fascinating because you never know what someone's thinking, and yeah. and even when you ask them, it's like that's not what I thought at all. Like because yeah. I didn't think you were gonna say that. In my head, I thought he's gonna say he liked skateboarding and that he liked Star Wars. George Lucas is one of his favorite uh, directors, and yeah. like, but then you went into people, so it was yeah. a terrible answer to the question, but. I got to know you better in the in the yeah. in, in the concept of it. Yeah, because to me, like anything I do, if it just serves me, I'm not. I can't like sleep in peace. Okay. Everything I do, it ha it has to have a way to 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 either help someone or make me a better person in society. So yeah. I, if it's not, I, I mean, I mean, trust me, I'm selfish. I know how to do me. I know how to buy me some shoes and stuff like that. But. Every, mostly everything I intake, it has to have a way for me to share or teach so, someone outside of me. And yeah. yeah, so that's my, so skateboarding, I love skateboarding, but it's the community aspect of it. So I, I've studied it for a, a long time in depth and I understand the characters that skate, the characters that record, the way they communicate, the way that they bond, the way that their families, how they connect, the struggles for many professional skateboarders. And I like that community and what it does. And so I take those little things from that community and I, and I see the connections between other uh whatever it may be working out skateboarding shooting guns whatever and they have a lot of similarities and so I, I feel like that helps me whenever i'm communicating and talking with with people yeah see that was a great segue you went all you went all into the skateboarding thing all and just based on people like i'm learning a lot about you right now that i didn't know of. and also i know a bunch of skaters and mm -hmm. i think that would be a cool collab project to be at a skate park and then have Dude, so have you ever done like pop-up interviews? No, I I haven't. But okay, so with the skate park, I want to do something there. So the firehouse, uh, yeah, is there, which is like a boys and girls club. So I'm talking with them, and this is just a snippet. Is I'm not introducing anything, but I, the goal is to create a communication workshop for the kids in the community. Nice. And then, but I want to connect to the skate park because I. My, I've told this to a few people who have been involved in the project. My prediction is, is that because of the skate park being in Fort Worth, I said, be the schools around there, they have to pay attention to like video editing, mm -hmm. audio editing, 
uh, even like it's a stretch, but like nursing, uh, hospital, insurance, like all these things are going to come out from the skate parks. People are going to get hurt. They're going to go get help. And then a lot of them are going to record. They're going to document. And there's literally document they're literally documenting probably the next big guy that's going to be skateboarding the next professional skateboarder is going to come out of fort worth because of that skate park and so someone's document documenting that now and so i want to communicate that to the kids the parents and the community to say ignore all the negative stuff that's attached to skateboarding and then people skating there at night and drinking. I think think they should take it as something positive because you remember all the no skateboarding signs? I do. There was, you couldn't skate anywhere. And now there's a, have you been by there? Yeah. It's always packed. Yeah. I went to go be in a, I missed the opening. Yeah. I went to the opening. I got there late. Man, I know it it was packed. It was packed. Yeah. So, and then I went to a, to Matt Pro War Wrestling that was in the Southside Preservation Hall. Yeah, I saw That's the signs the, for that. that. So I went to watch, I mean, dude, I got there for wrestling at like 6.30, and the skate park was still packed on a yeah. Friday night. Got out of wrestling, they're still skating. And a lot of people are like, oh, they're just out there like just causing trouble. No, they're not. Yeah. They're just skating. They That's have great. a place to skate now. Have you been to Chizzy? No, what, the, what is the, that? The one on Chis- Chisholm Trail on no. McPherson? They put a skate park back there too. Okay, that sounds a little fancier. The one in Southside speaks to me more because that is my hood. That's where oh, yeah, I grew yeah, yeah. up. And so, yeah, I don't know about the other one. I know about this one. I know I am the kid that lives there. I, yeah. I know what those kids are going through, the struggle. Like, people don't understand. Like, for them, for some of them kids to buy a skateboard, you yeah. know, it's tough. It is tough, but they're there and I'm rooting for them. Something good's going to come out of it. So, I'm trying to create a, a collaborative project with the skateboarders of Fort Worth and I'm going to start by hopefully working with the firehouse and and making something happen and spotlighting some of these kids and just bringing some awareness to the parents and the the no skate park people that are around the area okay so I'm gonna pitch you an idea that I had I'll show you the I'll show you in my phone I was gonna get a custom skateboard made done to do a giveaway love it so dude like think about it if we could get if we could get five podcasts in Fort Worth yeah, yeah. to come together communitively uh-huh. and to, to get a custom board made, it's like 60 bucks. Yeah. And then we award these skateboards to kids there that are skating, that are going to use them. And I mean, not for the publicity opera, none of that, mm-hmm. but just to say like, dude, we're, we're, we are the podcast community yeah. here and let's give back to the community because yeah. honestly, as, as a community, what have we done as a podcast community for the city? Yeah. Like, I feel well, like a that's lot, a solid way for the youth. I, don't, I mean, I'm just a lot of, of what people, I know. A lot of people, okay, and this is no knock on no one. I'm not saying that that's what we all need, need to do. Yeah. But there's a community aspect that's ingrained in me. And so for me, it's always community, always giving back. So there's always a lesson in my pods. I always, I talk to young people. I coach people. I talk to married men, divorced men. Like I'm constantly giving back based on what I learn. And, and so there's a few organizations that I, that I work with. There's a nonprofit that, that I have that, that we do stuff. So yes, I'm want to encourage podcasters to do it but i also encourage you to be knowledgeable before you do because it's easy the, 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 it's a fine line between be doing it in a selfish yeah. way to, as opposed to just doing it for the purpose and yeah. so um but that's a great idea it doesn't seem difficult to do it um 
think it through a little bit more and I'm in like you would consider it done. Um, and let's just work out the details. And yeah, I love it, man. I love I love the uh, the sentiment behind it. Because because uh, like when they did the big opening, um, my buddy J.O.E. performed Joe and uh, and, I, and like when I was there, like there was a skater. I can't remember his name. His name was Vincent, but he's a skater for Dickies. Got it. A little girl lost her skateboard. And what do you mean? A little girl lost her skateboard that day oh, at the opening. Yeah. She couldn't find it. Someone stole it. It got misplaced. Yeah, yeah. And the, the mom was going to like the Dickies booth and like, has anyone seen my daughter's skateboard? Mm. And he's a professional skater. He's like, I, I, I mean, there's no telling what happened to it, but here's mine. Yeah. And like, I shared it on my, on Instagram because it was like, dang, there's still people in the world. I mean, yeah, it was a free board. He's a sponsored skater, but he didn't have to do that. Yeah. He could have just been like, oh, sucks. And just the genuine, like, and that look, that made that little girl's day. That could have made her life. She could be yeah. one of the biggest skaters moving forward because, man, someone showed that they cared that much about her that here's my professional board that I mm. use. So, like, those heartfelt things, man, pull at heartstrings, start crying I and stuff. It. Well, I, I mean, you know, as a felt podcast, you know, let me know. I'm down. And we can make stuff like that happen. For sure, I, I want to make an impact through that through the skate park. Um, yeah. And I think these kids, it's worth documenting what they're doing, who they are at this young age, and then just see what happens in the future, man. You know, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be great. To, I can't wait till they host, like Nike or something, host an event there. Like, yeah. that's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, because I, I know Dickies did the, the the first of the big event yeah the they funded yeah and they gave out like backpacks they gave out all kinds of stuff yeah and yeah. it was like dang and then i mean dickies is a national brand people yeah, that's easy dickies that's everywhere. easy work for them yeah and but like you're saying like there's already been music videos that have been shot there yeah there's multiple people that are like planning on shooting stuff there and it's like man i'm gonna like, go do a pod there okay yeah. let's go do you down you you know I'm you down. asked me to do that let's just take some equipment out there one day we'll give you all we'll work on it work on the logistics but we'll give away some food and some drinks and some skateboards and then uh and we'll just talk to some people in in the area and we'll see we'll see how that goes and so that i mean i already got like i already got two other people in mind that are ready to collab on that yeah and i guarantee you i'll send them a text and we set a date and they'll be down to do it let's set it up man all right, man. Yeah, uh, the biggest thing I, th I feel like that 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 gets overlooked in our podcast community is the ability. Like, you, like the biggest thing is the communication. And mm -hmm. like, I know every podcast has their own vibe, has their own feel. And yeah, that's one of the things. Like, like this this has been great conversation, and uh, we haven't really we haven't really shied away from topics, which mm -hmm. I feel like a, a lot of the podcast community may or may not do sometimes. But there's a lot of good reason. Like I said, I. I failed and trying to like, Oh, let's make this podcast happen. No, can't put that out. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I feel like, like this, com this communication and talking with you, like I wish we would have met sooner. Like, cause I feel like we could have had a, a whole lot more. Well, we met at the right time. Timing's everything. Because if you'd have met the drunk version of me, I'm like, who the hell <laughs> is this guy? But, uh, like the whole concept of what you want to do moving forward. And then like watching, the, watching your show, watching, you talk about how how we've people have failed, bro. How have you failed? What is your biggest failure that got you to keep pushing this direction? Well, okay, so my biggest failure—it's weird because it wasn't like a direct failure, but when I was young, dude, I was I was a troublemaker. Like I, I was in ESL, 
and people always looked at me like an idiot. Like I was so bad in school. Like I started off behind and I never caught up, you know, through elementary, middle school. And everyone's like, this dude's an idiot. He's dumb. He doesn't know how to communicate. I couldn't spell nothing. So I walked around with this like cloud over me. And then, and it, but, it, but then it showed like, I, and then I had confidence as far as being friendly or other, other things. But man, I, I totally failed growing up because I hated myself because I, because I defined myself in the way that everyone saw me and I couldn't get out of it because there was report cards, there was grades and it, and it literally solidified what they thought about me. And it wasn't until I was in high school and a teacher finally said, you know what, Sam, I, I see a leader in you and we want want to invest in you and so that's whenever I kind of made a shift and started believing in myself a little bit more but th that was like obviously it was a failure back then that has flipped and I, I had to make a decision on my own that I need to learn I need to communicate I need to be well read I need to be well I need to talk a certain way because I hate the guy that that I was you know, I mean, yeah, no, it makes, that makes like, sense. Like, you just talking about that, it makes me, like you said, when you're on your, your alone time, your yeah. own time, Sam time, you're at a coffee shop, you're reading, mm -hmm. you're learning. Like, so yeah, when you talk about that was, the, like, that was your failure from back then, like, you've you've pushed yourself into continually to learn, to, to go past that. Yeah. To, like, like, you've outgrown that ideology that people had about you, and... I mean, it's a, it's a good passion to be able to do that because some people will just live in it. Yeah, they'll sit in, like I I ain't gonna lie because when I was drinking, that's one of the things I was doing. I was sitting in my crap. Mm. I was sitting in all of it and not addressing it. Yeah, and that's where I failed because I didn't want to address my issues and look them in the face. Mm. And that's why I changed. Like a lot of people are like, "What's the Fed show?" It's just the Fed show. Buddies make fun of it like it's a like we're Feds in a car or something. Yeah. I do drive a Crown Vic, so it helps. <laughs> But it's facing slash embracing demons. Like, yeah. so are you going to face your demon? Are you going to embrace your demon? And there's different avenues. Like, you could have you could have done the other. You could have embraced that demon, and you yeah. could have been the worst version of yourself. But yeah. instead, you faced it and became the best version of yourself. And so embracing it for me is like giving it back. So whenever I hear a young person, they're struggling, I, I want to talk them through it. Yeah. I want to show them, like... Like, dude, like, okay, for instance, like a young person will say, man, well, I'm, I'm pretty much describing myself, but like I'm Mexican and I'm poor. My parents don't talk English and, and, and I'm, I don't get good grades and none of my teachers believe in me and I'm going to be nothing when I grow up. That's the way that it's communicated because there's no influence of a better way to, to think or communicate. Yeah. And my thing, if I flip, if I put, you know, me in it, it's like, you know what? I grew up in a way that makes me respect family, respect hard work. I've seen my dad go from nothing to having more money. I was able to spend time with my mom because she didn't work, which I didn't see that till I got older. And I'm going to prove the world that I can become something based on where I came from. And I will spotlight the community that I grew up in. I will spotlight that English was my second language. I will spotlight that my parents were immigrants, but here I am, I'm elevating my family, elevating myself because I've learned. And so anyway, so that's the difference. Yeah. That's the communication. That's the diff That's the shift of perspective that I have embraced for myself. And that's my purpose. Like that's why I live. I want people to be able to do that. 
to not be so small in how they describe themselves, but to be like, this is who I am and this is why I am the way I am. All right, you touched on something I want to I want to ask about. So my mom, she worked basically for our fund money. Mm-hmm. So your mom didn't work. What's no. your relationship with your mom like? Some people say, <laughs> I'm thinking of my wife. You know, she says I'm a mama's boy. Oh, so yeah, some people sure. say like, boy, it's, it's unhealthy. But no, me and my mom are close. Yeah. Um, I was in trouble in school. She would go to every meeting. She didn't understand nothing. What they were telling. She just trusted the school. Um, she was always there. She was defending me with my dad because my dad wouldn't just you know whoop me, man, because I was just a bad kid. And she constantly prayed for me. She, she's always made me good food. And like so, me and my mom, we talk, we hang out, we yeah. have lunch, we go shopping, you know. And and she was like one of the first Latina women in the area that did radio it was christian radio back like 35 years ago or something so it was a station it was called radio loose it was one of the first ones and so she's always been a communicator herself she's spoken to a lot of people and traveled the world that's my mom and it, i mean obviously the connection is obvious right now as i'm sharing this on a podcast but i could connect like me and her can share in that desire to communicate yeah. uh, into the world and 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 this is a little rabbit trail, so don't lose your train of thought, okay? <laughs> when she was little, living in Mexico, dirt floors, no money, Her my grandpa was a coal miner, she would dream of her voice traveling through the sky, but she didn't know how to describe it. Um, but she didn't have nothing. There was nothing in her life that would have put her on the air, speaking, on TV, broadcasting, nothing. And that's what she dreamed of, and then later in her life she was able to do it. Bro, that's a T-shirt idea, a T-shirt that says in red letters, airtime, it yeah. says, I dreamt of this. Yeah. Like, dude, that's crazy. Because even even if it's, I mean, she was on the radio, bro. Like, yeah. That was, yeah, you, I lost train of thought. You went down a rabbit hole. I didn't know they had coal mines in Mexico yeah. until just now. Yeah, well, my, they were f- from Piedras Negras, which is Black Rocks, which is representative because that's like the industry in that it's a border town down by Eagle Pass. Um, but they're, you know, in Muskies is where the coal mine was. And that's where yeah, my grandpa worked. But yeah, man. So you get that from your, so you get that from your mom, the communication, the wanting to, or the skill as well. Um, I saw my mom do it. Okay. Like, I mean, I was helping her put eight tracks. Like she was like, damn it. Cause I was just suspended from school. So she's like, <laughs> come, you got to come do with me. She you would went do to the, media tech class before it was a thing. Yeah. Dude. So we had eight tracks, like so the people would be speaking or my mom. And then I would do the next one and click it and run the board and everything. I didn't know. It's not that I was learning to communicate in the sense of like how I'm doing it now. Um, but she exposed me to it so yeah. it's it was it's been very familiar to me for a long time okay well when was that how old were you when that was happening 14 15 yeah yeah around you know eighth grade ninth grade yeah i was a kid man long time ago that's no one gets that experience then no one no, ever, no. no one gets exposed to that you can't duplicate that anymore it's it's a, it's obviously a dinosaur and you know, to find eight tracks and play stuff the way that we used to do it back then, it, no way, dude. And so it was cool to see it. And uh, yeah, it was. 
Would you ever school. do radio, like a local radio station? Would you ever be interested in doing that? Yeah, I do anything that has to do with communication. You know, now I hate the, uh, I like the uh, talk show format, speaking, yeah. not necessarily the DJ, like next song, blah, blah, blah. You know, the, you got the voice for it. You just did it. Yeah, yeah. I can't do that part, but, you know, uh, yeah, whatever. Any, any means of communication, I'm, I'm down for, for now. It's on YouTube and, and obviously, you know, podcasting. Yeah. Yeah, so I, yeah, I'm a mama's boy, 100%. Like, people say it. I talk to my mom about everything. She's always there for me. She's always been there for me. My hardest times, yeah. she's she's been the one. She's she's the first phone call. She's the last phone call. Like, it's always been. And, like, oh, you're a mama's boy. It's like, do you not like your mom? <laughs> like, it's weird to me that people would, like, categorize anybody. Oh, you're a mama's boy. So yeah. what is that supposed to mean? It means you're soft. They're trying to call you soft. They're trying to call you, like, oh, you, you know, you... you you listen to your mom and you're not going to be a good husband. It's it's weird, but that's that, what's attached that one to doesn't it. doesn't make sense. And I'm like, <laughs> bro, whatever, man. But my mom is, she's my mom. Like it's, uh, yeah. you know. But do you, do you feel like, who, do you feel like it's easier to talk to your mom than your dad? So yeah, a hundred percent. Like um, me and my dad, we, man, we didn't communicate forever. Like 30 years. Like we, Hey, bye. Like, no hugs, no I love you, very, very dry, very, like, my dad is not a communicator. And uh, so my dad was not only absent because he worked, but he just didn't have that communication. We could we never connected. He only disciplined me, and that was it, okay? But, my, but I'm not knocking him. It's just the way yeah, he yeah. is. Later in life, I became a better communicator. And I remember one time, and, you know, um, he, we were talking and he just stopped me and he goes, Sam, how, I'm not, you know, he goes, how do you know so much? Cause I was just talking random stuff. He would yeah. mention something. And then, and that's the first time he showed interest in me as, as a community. He understood that, that, that I'm, I'm able to have a conversation. And, and so since then we've, we've gotten a lot better. I've had opportunities to share and talk with him. He asked me questions and, and, uh, but yeah, but it's still very minimal, but I remember him telling me that and he's just like, dang, boy, you talk a lot, <laughs> but I was giving him insight and, you know, and kind of carrying the conversation along with him. So, but very minimal. So my mom, yeah, we, we talk all the time. It's, it, you know. It's getting better now because she's respecting me more as a communicator and the experience that I've built up to now. It kind of allows you more room to share. When you're young, uh, the, you know, adults don't really allow you that much time to speak because you don't have a lot of experience. So it doesn't hold a lot of weight. So I feel like the weight I'm bringing now, it's kind of leveling out to yeah. to my mom. Okay, so good relationship communication wise with your mom. Your mm -hmm. dad was there. But how, as a parent, how does that translate for you? Do you feel like you communicate harder because you're the dad and you didn't communicate with your dad? Do you try to – I know I do that. Mm -hmm. I know I try to I try to talk to my boys way more aggressively and about more things. Yeah. I try to be more involved in what their thought processes are Yeah. because it's like me and my dad did – similar to you, like me and my dad, we we rarely talked about anything. Yeah. It'd be like – we would talk about like a bourbon – or a certain kind of beer, yeah. or maybe where these tacos were from, but it wasn't really like real life aspect conversations. Yeah. It was like in passing, what are we eating? Where are we going? That kind of thing. Got it. But with my kids, like with my oldest son, like he's one of the reasons I got back into rap music because yeah. in my time in the church, I was away from rap music. Yeah. I was more like uh, 
metalcore, heavy metal stuff, uh, country, yeah. uh, red dirt country, and just like kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. And then one of my, the big things with my son was to get back into a relationship, a better relationship with him was I dove back into rap music and I could hear his, oh yeah, this, oh, I like this song because of this, oh, lyrically this, and just rolling through it. So how does that affect you as a father? How do you, do you feel like you did what I did? Like you push, you push in? Or yeah, so it, it, it affects me 100%. Like I uh, am making a, a strong effort to communicate with my daughter, but I also, she also has seen me communicate with thousands of people from helping, discussing meetings, leading young people. She's seen me deal with people, be polite, handle tough situations, you know, the way I talk to homeless people when I do or don't want to give him money, how I approach rude waiters, like everything is a lesson for me to her. I'm uh, communicating this way for this reason. And she understands. And so when she communicates, she's literally emulating the way that I do it. So she's like real quick and real witty. And then I try to give her context to why I say things or explain to her why certain things are. So I'm over communicating with her so that she can communicate. And so she's yeah. she's good on the mic. She's good behind the camera. And I just say, just say it, just speak up, just say it. And then uh, and and obviously she just sees me do it. She listens to all the all of my podcasts and she'll tell her friends or her friends, parents, like, listen to the Phil podcast. And so yeah. she understands that communication is important, but I'm also focusing on her substance yeah. as well. And so I try to, I try to, me and my wife try to live right so that we're her uh, primary example. And so we, yeah, very, very, very intentional and very strong when it comes to communicating. Yeah. So like setting the example, like for y'all, that's, that's church. That's uh, uh, yeah. It will not church, just church, but yeah, church is big, but treating people, you know, yeah. uh, elderly people, the way we treat homeless, the way that we give of our time, the way that we give of our money, like she sees that and she understands that the way that we handle friendships, acquaintances, and you know, there's just always people around us. And so she sees the way that we manage our time. She even sees the way we mismanage our time sometimes. And I have to yeah. tell her, hey, I'm sorry we went a little long here, did that, did this, I chose wrong, understand. And she sees me adjust and and apologize about things. And yeah, definitely nothing, nothing like the way that I grew up with my parents. Yeah, with my with my oldest son, he's seen, with the separation, me and his mom not being together and everything, he saw a lot of stuff I didn't want him to see. Yeah. But he's just at that age where he's always there. He can hear the arguments and all that. Yeah. And I had like I had a real heart to heart with him. I was like, bro, none of that was good. Like, I'm sorry that you were exposed to all that. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry that you heard that. And it it really made me uh like adjust the way that I was addressing certain things. Yeah. Because it was like uh I cut off all communication with her for a while just because it was putting me in a bad space mentally and it was putting a strain on my relationship with my kids. Yeah. So it's just better if we're just parents that see our kids and we have separate lives. It's it's hard with the the dynamic of not co-parenting living together, but co-parenting a week on a week off, a week on a week off. Yeah. It was okay. So I got in an argument with my wife and it was, it was, um, it was bad enough that she saw us mad and whatever. She, this girl wrote me a letter. This is what dad and blah, 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 and you and dad. And it was, I was like, and I read it, bro. I was like, whoa. 
I, it, it, it broke me, man. But she literally communicated. And I was so proud of her. And she didn't stand back and just be like, oh, that's just the way my mom and dad are. You know, she's like, no, this is what y'all did. This is what y'all were doing. I don't like it. And blah, blah. And I was like, whoa. And so that was big, man. Like, yeah. You still got that letter, don't you? Yeah, I hate reading it, man, because it was just, she was just honest in it. And, uh, you know, just for her for, for perspective, she's in fifth grade. She's 10 years old. And, uh, and yeah, and she, boy, she hit me right, man. Yeah. So, I mean, sometimes, like, the brutally honest stuff. Uh, your kids, they don't, they don't know how to hold back. They don't have to. Mm -hmm. They, they, like my son, he's my, uh, he's entitled to his opinion yeah. and I'm here to hear it. Yeah. If I'm doing something that he knows I shouldn't be doing, I want him to tell me. Yeah. It's like, if, cause if I'm setting an example of something that he knows is wrong, like, Hey buddy, you know, go ahead and speak up. And I want all my kids to feel that way. I don't yeah. want any of my kids to ever feel like dad does bad stuff, but I'm afraid to call him out on it. No, call me out. Mm. Like, Owning up to your your actions, own, you gotta own you gotta own everything you do. Yeah, and that's one of the biggest things. I wasn't owning who I was when I was drunk. I wasn't owning who I was when I was deciding to make these poor relationship decisions, mm -hmm. making poor life choices, and that that's one of the biggest things in my life right now. It's owning it. Like, okay, I'm I'm unhappy being overweight. I'm owning it. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to do better. I'm adjusting the way I eat. Like owning your stuff, it if I, with if you if you're not owning it, then you're you're pretending that you're not doing it. Yeah. And if and like if you continue to do the same thing over and over, the quote is that and you expect a different outcome. That's insanity. So if I eat twelve tacos for four four meals out of the day, because there's four meals in my you day, not like three. a taco. Yeah, twelve tacos, four meals a day. That's that's a lot of tacos in a week, and then I expect to lose weight or to be thin. Or yeah. to be comfortable for my knees and ankles not to hurt when I run, then that's just on me. Mm. Okay, so so what are, what is one of your struggles right now? What do you struggle with? Do you have a struggle that you know, like this is something in my life that I want to change, I want to work on, I want to get better at? Man, yeah, I mean, dude, y'all gonna think Sam? Who does Sam think he is? I mean, I struggle with, with like business and time, you know, like yeah. I, I, I struggle with that, that kind of like making tough decisions for, but, but that's normal. Like, and it's not like I struggle being a husband, but I do know where I fall short. And yeah. so I kind of eat myself up about that. And I'm always trying to figure out how to improve, you know, um, yeah, stuff. But I mean, I have I have, I have real struggles, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I've had some some major setbacks, you know, COVID to now that I'm trying to fix and come out of, and they're fi I'm finally coming out of it. So, I, I've had some times when I was just in just in a dark dark spot, you know yeah. what I mean, where I'm just kind of hard on myself, and I don't. Um, and this just, this just popped up in my head. I struggle with um, finding opportunities to to open up. Yeah, because for the past 20 years or so, um, people have always opened up to me. And so that's my that's that's my automatic. And so for it to be the other way, uh, I, I really struggle. Yeah. Yeah. So even you asking me that question, it goes against my natural reflex. Like, oh, I don't no, know. Like, I don't even know how to react to that question. I, I know how you feel, because that's that's one reason I like the solo sessions mm -hmm. of, of my podcast, because I get to talk about my stuff. Mm. Because I've over time I've I've realized I've become where I'm just so open with whatever I'm going through. I'll shoot it in a text message. Yeah. Hey, last night was a really bad night. I thought about drinking. 
uh, but I didn't, and I thought about doing something I mm-hmm. really shouldn't have done, and I didn't do it. Uh, I went to bed depressed, but I woke up feeling good about my decision. Send, I'll send it to my cousin. Got it. And be, but then mm. um, for other people, they're like, it's been a terrible day. This happened, this happened, that happened, that happened. It's like, hey, man, sometimes you got to roll with the punches. Yeah. I know all that happened, but you got to make the best of the day. You can't, don't let that ruin your day. Yeah. And, or, hey, man, uh, I, I thought we could get together. It's like, yeah, let's go for it. Let's do it. And then we get together. Like, I wanted to talk to you about something, but... I don't know what it is. I don't know if I want to talk about it. It's like, well, you know, we're already here. Let's just get these tacos. Let's, uh, if you want to talk about it when it comes out, cool. Um, I do want to ask you, um, so like you said, you don't have the chance to open up. Do you have a, a group, a support group that's around you that if you needed and you wanted to, you have that person you can call? Yeah. So I have a strong support group, but I've been, you know, obviously building it for a long time. And so, but I've also studied it in depth. And so I understand, like I, I have this, the theory is that, you know, if most people don't have more friends, more than five close friends. You know, if you have five, you're, you're blessed. Like, that's so hard to do. Yeah. But I have a core set of guys who who know me and have known my struggles, my my falls, my the way I'm the way I talk and when I'm fighting with my wife, you know, and I got people that mediate me and my wife when we have issues and and they don't won't take sides so yeah so i have a core group and but it's just you know again it's just a deficiency that i have that i I have it's a hard time i find it hard to open up yeah so so on the fact of you having the you having the core group iron sharpens iron like for sure so so these guys are guys that you trust with everything yeah and like do you think do you honestly think that we have enough of that as 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 a society not as not just on the church aspect not mm-hmm. just on the family aspect but do you think that we have enough friends that we trust enough to share like our intimate stuff with our real life stuff no. with no and here's why for me the qualifiers are these individuals have had to have gone through some stuff and come out of it they have to have good people good mentors around them they have to be people who are movers and shakers Per se, I mean, level, there's levels. It's got to match or over exceed you. Like they, they all doing better than me, you know. From my perspective, yeah. you know, family they have bit more more kids, older kids work. They, they make more money. They're business owners. Some of them are pastors. They lead thousands of people. So, so there, there's that for me that I know that I can come with them with something, and they're gonna in their mind that they, they've either been through it or they know 10 people that have been through it. So I know that they can direct me or they can, you know, from their experience, give me advice. And so for me, they fit those qualifiers. And sometimes we, we put them together with people we like to vent to. Yeah. So venting is not finding those people who are your core and they can help you. So I vent, but I also know when I vent that the people I'm venting to don't necessarily can offer me direction. Right. And so the people that I do lean on can offer me a direction. The, like the, they're, yeah, they're solid. I like that you have the different the you differentiate that in your head because mm-hmm. there's there's some of the they, I I vent to people yeah and uh, they try to give me advice and it was just like ah, I just need someone to tell that to you yeah you got to at least read twenty <laughs> books to give me advice like it's because it's like you got to gain knowledge I know I hold these guys at a very at very high level and they're very private like I don't mix them either that's the funny part some of yeah. them have met. But those friends stay separate from each other um, because it's like I want to maintain my friendships with with them, you know. Yeah. 
It's a little selfish to me because <laughs> I don't think it's selfish. I think it's strategic. Yeah. Like you can't, I'm not saying that we should have two, two separate groups of friends, but at the same time you can have multiple groups of friends. Yeah. Everybody from everyone's circle is not always going to interact with everyone. Yeah. Like I, I'm sure off the top of your head, you can name two people that wouldn't get along that you know that you're both friends with. Oh yeah. There are people I know. I tell them all, they're not meeting ever. Ever, they're not gonna know how to behave. With <laughs> yeah, and and those those are the relationships that it that that just benefit you. Yeah, because they'll they'll never need to meet each other, and if they do, it could turn out really bad. Yeah, or you might not be friends with either one of them anymore because yeah. I can't believe that guy made us meet each other. But yeah, man, um, is there anything else you want to talk about? You want to wrap it? That's it, my man. I want to say thank you for coming on. Uh, I enjoyed this. Uh, it was just, dude, you came through. It was really good to meet you. We talked about a lot of things. Stay tuned. We're going to do, we'll do an official sit down one day and I'll hit you with the full, you know, fell podcast style interview. Um, but I'm glad to meet you. Look forward to the things that you're doing. Uh, is there anything that you want to plug? How can people find you, listen to you, watch you? Uh, uh, the social media all I have is Instagram and YouTube, but uh, it's Gorilla Rob on Instagram or The Fed Show on Instagram. Um, the link in the bio for It's Gorilla Rob goes to the the podcast stuff. Or if you just want to hang out sometime and grab some tacos, uh, hit me up. And so, guys, thank y'all so much for tuning in today's episode. I hope that you learned something. Keep your ear open because I want to do that skate park thing that you talked about. You know, we'll go get some skateboard and some food away down there. We'll make something happen. But thank y'all for listening. Thank y'all for tuning in. Thank you for subscribing and following us and liking all of our stuff. And you know, like I always say, man, we'll see you on the next one.